I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Steele. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the world of tomorrow! It's a Futurama fancast. And we are already in our pyjamas. Today's episode, we are reading Sun Tzu's The Art of War. And Zap Brannigan's Big Book of War. <laughs> um, uh, tell us about the episode. What is this episode? This episode is Love's, Le- Love's Labour's Lost in Space. It was first, uh, episode, episode four of season one. Again, conflicting information on the first air date. Um, I saw one listing that said April 11th and one that said April 13th, 1999. I choose to believe that April 13th was the intended air date, as there is a line at the end of the episode that explicitly says it's April 13th. So um, it was directed by Brian Sheasley and written by Brian Kelly or Keeley. Uh, The subtitle is presented in Brain Control, where available. And the opening cartoon is The Wacky Wabbit, which is a 1946 Bugs Bunny cartoon. Um, and as we've already hinted, this is, of course, the episode that introduced one of the most beloved Futurama characters of all time, Nibbler. Uh, <laughs> love that little guy. Also, no, I'm joking. Of course, I mean Kiff. Oh. Actually, of course, I'm joking. Of course, I mean Zap Brannigan. Um, <laughs> the Zap Brannigan? Played beautifully, beautifully but also... Uh, differently to how he sounds later on, I feel, by Billy yeah. West. Um, um, I read a, a bit of uh, before we get into like the uh, synopses of the episode and talk about our feelings and our emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I think it's very public record that the role of Zap Brannigan was originally sort of intended uh, to be played by Phil Hartman, mm-hmm. um, who was then obviously tragically murdered, and so Billy West took on the role. Um, I read a bit of a description and he was stating that uh, when he first started doing the voice of Zap, uh, it was sort of half an impression of Phil Hartman, but also sort of like evoking some of those old 1950s sort of radio announcer voices. Whereas um, I think uh, Zap as a character kind of grew and shifted. We get more, we get more William Shatner-esque. Yes. Let's let's not beat around the bush on that. I mean... To be honest, in this episode, I think it maybe is because we're now watching Futurama far more analytically than before. Mm. Um, I was... He sounded so much more Billy West to me. Yes, there's a couple Um, of moments, especially, like, there's a couple of lines, particularly in the the scene with Leela. There are definitely mm. a couple of very Fry, almost Fry-esque, like, I was like, oh yeah, no, that's definitely Billy West. Um... And uh, I just, yeah, I think it, over time um, he becomes more his own character, even though, yeah, he shifts towards William Shatner, um, even in an episode where they also have William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard uh, them describe Zap as what if William Shatner was the actual captain of the Enterprise and not Captain Kirk? Yeah. Um, I love that description. Because, and I think what's quite funny, because it's, you know, very publicized, like, 
sort of friendly contempt the rest of the cast had for him yeah is like mirrored perfectly in uh how the rest of his ship views him not just kiff yeah, yeah the the, uh, the entire crew of uh is it the nimbus 5000 it's definitely the mm. nimbus something yeah i love the design of the nimbus it's such a proper spaceship looking spaceship it re- it's interesting i've never i've never really liked it i think but... it's really i think because it looks like a child's toy like almost like a yeah. bath toy it it really makes me smile. There's something, I think maybe it's partly because and like we're ignoring the need to do an episode synopsis for now. I think part <laughs> of the note, I think because like the democratic order of planets or dupe sounds so much like Duplo or Lego, the fact that then their mm. ship looks like a child's toy really appeals to me. Well, it's interesting because they've obviously had like the. Um sliding space doors and sound effects here and there that this is it's almost restrained mm-hmm. to wait until episode four to do an actual star trek parody <laughs> seeing as how much uh you know the people writing this really love it sure um and like a lot of their sci-fi parodies it's very affectionate mm. um but it, it's just sort of it, it exists in this um like it's a very different world to the world of Planet Express. Yes. Like the uniforms and their like codes and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, it's definitely, it doesn't feel like the Federation and everything's very serious. It does feel kind of like boys and their toys. Yeah. And, um, all a bit pompous and silly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I think it's you, is it you, uh, your turn or my turn? Um, I'm happy for it to be a turn-based system, I think, because we didn't really do a synopsis about the first episode. I did episode two and you did episode three. So, yeah, let's okay. let's let's snake to going forward. We will alternate who does the episode descriptions. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the episode starts. We see uh, Leela on a date. Um, we get the impression after the credits that uh, this is sort of like the most recent in a series. Uh, Amy... Uh, sort of takes it up on herself like uh oh you need to come at try uh try someone new I'll, I will come back to some of the places that get suggested because it really makes me laugh but we have this sort of scene where everyone goes out for the night everybody manages to hook up uh except leela so uh and uh which is sort of kind of i think this is, it's obviously just sort of foreshadowing what happens later uh we get uh, Professor Farnsworth is just like I've got a mission for you. This planet is cl- this this great back and forth between Leela and Professor Farnsworth while he's trying to explain about this planet that's uh, effectively been hollowed out where it's been mined for dark matter, which is starship fuel, and uh, keeps mentioning animals. And he's like, "But what about the animals?" And Professor Farnsworth is like, "What? What? I didn't." And it, yeah, but at the end of the day, they are going to this planet to uh, to rescue the animals to kind of do kind of a Noah's Ark sort of situation. They travel uh, to this planet, Virgon 6, and on the way there, they encounter uh, the Nimbus, which is like the, uh, one of the flagships of the uh, Democratic Order of Planets, captained by one Zap Brannigan. Uh, they are they sort of bored while Brannigan is faffing about what to do about the fact of this oncoming ship. Uh, they're put in prison. Leela tries to appeal to Zap's sensibilities as to be captain to captain uh, winds up appealing to a different set of sensibilities uh, um, they they have sex not that we see it but it's very clear that's what's happened the next day Zap's quite happy to let them go because he's positive that Leela will be back 
Uh, the the crew go down to the planet. They get all the animals. They find one that's not on the list. Uh, this cute little black uh, creature with like two eyes and then the third eye on a little stalk. And they put that in the ship uh, because Leela, because uh, we're clearly doing a bit of a joke about single women, is immediately enamoured by this very cute animal that makes adorable noises. Uh, <laughs> um, it's revealed quickly that Nibla uh, has eaten all of the other animals. Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, Leela names this creature Nibla because of the way it sort of, like, chews on stuff. Uh, the planet is then collapsing underneath them because they were running late. Um, they call Zap. Zap's just like, yeah, sure, we can rescue you, uh, but you can't bring the little creature with us. And Leela's basically like, well, fuck you then. And then she's like, I guess we're going to die then. And then it's revealed uh, because, oh, because the Planet Express's ship is out of fuel, so they can't leave. Uh, the ship lurches to the side. We rush down to the cargo bay to find that Nibbler has used the litter tray. And it turns out, whatever Nibbler is, he poops dark matter. <laughs> um, so they're able to use that to fuel the ship and they get away. And that's the end of it. And the episode sort of ends with Leela doing a Dear Diary thing and cutting over to Zap doing the same over on the the Nimbus and that's where the episode ends well done thank you congratulations thank you I Um, feel very proud (gasps) Mm, welcome to my humble chamber or as I call it the love-nasium sham pagan I didn't realize you were such a coin a sewer (laughs) well I have studied abroad or two And as you said, this episode takes place on April 13th, which I think is interesting because if episode one takes place on New Year's Eve, mm. um, you can see how long yeah, that's a good Fry point. has lived in this world. Yeah. I think that's kind of neat and... Um, that's really, that is neat. I like it. It feels like a realistic amount of time. Like, he, like I could believe that four months yeah. of like apartment searching and Leela's dates and little missions that aren't worth talking about yeah um so uh yeah so that's the episode there are Um, so many fun things to talk about with this episode like we talk about zap but obviously this is um i guess leela's turn yeah Um, if i roommate roommate was the bender episode this is leela's Mm -hmm. um in fact all the other characters other than leela uh are pretty small roles mm-hmm. they have some funny lines yeah but, um yeah so they they the episode opens on that cold open which has a really funny i really love the joke and they do this a lot really well of you free thinking what the joke is going to be in a sci-fi series yes they're sat in front of these tiny little things and they say and such generous portions and he's like oh yeah i can't even finish my after dinner mint that was that <laughs> I, I i wrote that down like the bait and switch with the meal in pill form i thought mm. oh that that's good that's good um the cold open also has this great moment um it's one of those things that i really appreciate with um i think we mentioned it last episode about how leela is often the sensible one but they aren't afraid to have her be this flawed person. And I really like the notion. She's like, oh, I'm so glad to have been on a date where somebody isn't like making a big deal out of my eye. And then the guy's tongue kind of slithers out of his mouth and gets the bit. And she's like, ew. And I just, I love the fact that Leela's a bit of a hypocrite. 
And she mentions it in the next scene. She's like, there's just something about him that didn't work. I couldn't put my finger on it. Possibly his vile lizard tongue. <laughs> um, and there's a there's another line later in the episode I really liked where she says, I don't mind, I don't care how many eyes a guy has, as long as it's less than five. <laughs> and then she starts um, she starts rattling off what she wants in a guy. And it, it's great, just like everyone going on to her about not being picky. She's just like Oh, well, even if he wasn't such and such and such, I'm definitely not going to date him. Now he put me in prison just like, oh, you're too picky. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this episode is other characters commenting on Leela's love life. Yeah. Um, and But, you know, I like that she is going on dates. Yeah. Um, she doesn't want people involved, but she's still happy to keep trying. Yeah, I mean, uh, while there are a couple of jokes about it, it's not like anyone's really judging her for and I like how supportive everybody is like uh, Amy is like oh well I'll take you out and we'll go somewhere and it'll be really fun and like it's trying to help mm. and even like Bender of all people is just like oh well you just need a guy with one eye here you go and he like gives her a fork so she can poke out <laughs> the eyes of people and well she- I just I like the line where like she just says like I want to like Fry says she needs a nice guy with one eye and he says no that's too much work just get a nice guy with two eyes and poke one out um <laughs> And, like, even though in this episode and then throughout the rest of the series, there's a big joke about Leela slept with Zap. Mm. It's a very, it's a thin line to play because it it is somewhat slut-shamey, mm. but... I think it's less Zap that she had a... sex. It's just you slept with that guy. Yeah, Zap Brannigan is so... So. <laughs> so, so Zap Brannigan. <laughs> the Zapper. Um, that's yeah that's where all of the kind of judgment comes from i think yeah um good morning lover uh listen zap now you're officially my woman kudos i can't say i don't envy you zap last night was a mistake a sexy mistake no just a regular mistake for a split second my common sense was overwhelmed by pity (laughs) a split second is all it takes That's why sooner or later you'll come crawling back to the zapper. The only kind of crawling I'm doing to you is away. From. Leela, you're obviously confused and aroused. We both know you won't make it halfway to Vergon 6 before the craving sets in. Then you'll come crawling back for another taste of sweet, sweet candy. Bam. (laughs) Giff! Yes, oh... Yes, Captain. I have made it with a woman. Inform the men. I really want to talk about the nightclub slash bar they go to, the hip joint. Because it's like Futurama going, we know what you like. Here's the fucking Jetsons. (laughs) Because it's very sort of like the 1960s Hanna-Barbera vision of the future. And like, but I love how they go to this place. It's like, oh, it's totally retro. Mm. And that that really made me smile. Just like Fry's just like, wow, no, I like the rings. Like, don't say that here. And then a guy with a really bad English accent says, like, yo, you say you like rings? And it's just like, nah. <laughs> it's just like, there's just something beautiful I... about that being like the equivalent of like a, maybe a, a 50s diner or something like that. Like kitsch, mm. camp nostalgia. It's called the hip joint, which in a, yeah. in a way is like a pun on old people as well in some yeah way. maybe it's a bit of a stretch um another like joke i like in futurama they do occasionally is filling in details about the thousand years yes 
that Fry's missed. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this is retro, you're like, to when? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also just putting rings on things. Like in Futurama, when people wear business suits, they have kind of little ring things on the shoulders. And mm. um, I know sometimes when you see landmarks, there's just rings put on them. Yeah, for no so that's, a, that's a kind of fun little poke at their own aesthetic. Mm. So, um, oh, one th- of course they mm-hmm. they only go to the they only go to the hip joint because um, no one picks up uh, on Bender's offer to take them to a saucy puppet show. Yeah, or uh, Hermie's suggestion of the uh, Federal Sex Bureau, <laughs> which is just like, okay, that's a, just a fun little bit of world building we never get to revisit again. Just the notion of there being a Federal mm. Sex Bureau really made me laugh. But um, not not quite as much as the saucy puppet show. Which then so, comes up again later. It's such a great <laughs> little line where, like, uh, Fry's pulled this girl. I think she's from the. I can't remember if they said. I think she's actually she's from the twenty first century. So it sounds yes. like they're really close to where they to each other's timelines. And then she's like, "Oh God, wasn't it really bad when those cyborgs enslaved the human race?" She's like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, cool." But um, I mean, is that a reference to the UFOs we saw? Maybe. But um. um but yeah, uh, I, yeah. Fry successfully sort of pulls. And so he gives like Bender a handful of cash, like I need the appointment, uh, the apartment tonight. Go see, a, go see a saucy puppet show, and it's just like a f- it shows that Fry's learning. It does. He, he's, yeah. he's taking everything in that people say. Um, I actually really like the twenty first century girl mm. in a way because it there's later episodes which deal with other cryogenic mm. frozen people. Um, and I just like that it's a detail that there's other people in this world like yeah. Fry. Yeah, no, me too. Me um, too. And uh, also, it's another bit of hit. Like, there's a there's more content in this episode about robots taking over humanity mm-hmm. and killbot killbots. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we can always buy more killbots. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, because my my I'm fl- my eyes are flicking over my notes. Um, just one little moment, uh, one little background, and these are the sort of background details that always really get me. Uh, when Fry's having that brief exchange with Bender outside the hip joint, there's a sign over the door that says 10 drink minimum. And I just like, oh, that's good. Just like inflation is even applies to the number of drinks you're expected to buy at a bar. It was just, mm. it was a small little thing that just really made me grin and I, I made a point to write it down. Um, can we talk about the gaydar? Yeah, let's talk about the gaydar. There are a couple of gags in this episode which really yeah. go, oh, I'm having a really good... Mm, okay, okay, fine. It was odd, because it was kind of quaintly 90s. Yes. Because it wasn't... It wasn't try. It wasn't like anti-gay. No, it was, it was just a... Just... Silly and kind of naff as a gag. Yeah, it's just not a joke you make now. No. Um, And it's... it's. I guess maybe it's tough to keep Bender being a sort of outrageous character. Yeah. Um, that, that but uh, it 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 just didn't really go anywhere or make any kind of. There was no good payoff for it. It wasn't subversive. I mean, there was a, there was a good line when he said that unless um, it's being interfered with a gay weather balloon. Yeah, I mean, um... I, I like the fact that he says he's got gay dart and then he literally pulls out a little box <laughs> thing. That visual, I dug. Yeah, that was kind of rather than um, it being software, it's literally you know, no. This is just one more thing that Bender carries around. Yeah, uh, in his bottomless. Yeah, in the Chekhov's chest cabinet. Yeah. Um. But no, yeah, no. It definitely just sort. 
it wasn't even a very it's not even that it was a bad joke like I said it just felt like dated and it didn't go anywhere it's exactly the kind of like I, I, because it's a cartoon and because maybe we watched it a bit later it, it sometimes I forget it's like a 1999 sitcom yes and that's um, a very it, 1999 kind of gag yeah I wouldn't I, I would be I wouldn't be surprised seeing that in any other sitcom from the, the time. No, agreed. Um, I've seen far worse stuff in things like Friends and yeah, most definitely all that stuff. Um, but uh, there's a, like uh, again another episode where I feel like they're not quite sure why Zoidberg's funny yet. Mm. Um, Though, he like falls in love with a lobster. Oh no, that that I I did giggle at that. <laughs> yeah, it's just it. It's funny, but it kind of doesn't track. No. Maybe I maybe I have a different feeling about Zoeberg than that the actual yeah I've created in my in my head. But um, no, I I know what you mean. Like because he has the line earlier in the episode about Leela just like oh well she just she's like get he's like trying to be a doctor about it. It's just like oh well mm. yeah she just needs to lay her eggs and da 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 da, which uh, kind of is funnier in hindsight considering what we know or arguably darker in hindsight considering what we learn about how Zoidberg's people <laughs> <laughs> reproduce yeah the frenzy um, oh. I mean to be to be fair everyone in this show assumes Leela's an alien at this stage that's very true um so maybe he's tried to find out I'm giving Zoidberg a bit too much credit here um <laughs> Anyway, this is Vergon Six. This is Vergon Six. <laughs> that was, it's just a, f- uh, a lot. I don't always. It's, yeah, it's good. A joke I always like. Um, a sunny little doomed planet. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one little moment in that meeting that I I just have to write down because I love these kind of quiet little interactions. Uh, is where they're late, towards the end of the meeting where Lee's like, okay, so we get two of every a- uh, animal, just like Noah's Ark. And Ben is like, why do you need two of every animal? And Leela like whispers to him. And he just gig- mm. he does the Bender schoolgirl giggle, and every time he does that giggle, it makes me really happy. But I, I guess I'm tickled by the notion of, well, you know that Bender is a, a, a sexual creature in however and whatever way robots are. But I like the notion of like him having like what he, and like biological creatures do to reproduce, mm. and him like being really amused by it, the way that a child is. When you explain to a child, like, maybe where babies come from, it's sort mm. of like a... <laughs> kind of, and it just, it makes me happy. Indeed. Um, so we then go off to space. They have a chat, which we've kind of covered. And we are introduced, finally, to Zap Brannigan. Oh, this... Uh, it's so good. But uh, i got to give a, a shout-out to a line delivery of Billy West's, uh, where Lulu's explaining, oh, that's Zap Brannigan's ship. Uh, and Fry's like, wow! The Zap Brannigan. Who's the Zap Brannigan? <laughs> and it's just such a great little d- delivery, like repeating mm. back his own emphasis. Because I first thought, oh, so has he heard about Zap already? Oh, no, wait, no, because he's only been there four months. So why would he have heard of who Zap Brannigan is? <laughs> so I guess, we, I mean, we inter- kind of we intercut between Leela explaining how like amazing he is with the real Zap. Oh. Um, we, there's not even like, the show doesn't put up any kind of front no. about him being actually impressive. As soon as we see him, he's commenting on his velour outfit. Velour. Uh, um, <laughs> it's just love of velour. This is the thing about Zap is that 
he, he's a hedonist. <laughs> I really want Zap and like hedonism bot to hang out. I feel like they would gel really well. Um, I I just I like that he's not just a parody of anyone because he has too many likes and interests that are so weird and specific yeah. that he becomes really fully rounded. There's like he says quite early on that he's looking forward to ravioli tonight. <laughs> and then that's what they're actually eating mm-hmm. and ravioli is just like this perfect choice of like it's nice but it's he clearly thinks it's the most fancy mm-hmm. like high class thing perfect with champagne you know yeah he 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 really sees himself as this tastemaker yeah um, that he cle- yeah but... he sees himself as this really refined it's like spaceship captain he is like the guy um but when yeah but he's everything he likes is just kind of tacky mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah we then um have the characters um meet mm-hmm. oh i need there's a line i wrote down which was amazing but i don't know why i've written it down now seems like it would have been later that's cool. Um, Throw it in anyway. Throw it in. But he said, "He says uh, if if that wicker chair I like survives, <laughs> um, <laughs> like he just references this wicker chair on the ship that we never see." Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, Zap then meets Leela, who he describes as an impressive piece of captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like the way he talks about women are just like. Uh, it's sort of like it would be cringy but it, I think it just passes out the other side into just being funny yeah he's it's a thin line like a lot of shows have the sort of sexist character yeah um, as like, just like a way of using these kind of jokes but having the show kind of critique it mm. um, I think Zap he reminds me a bit of like Lord Flashheart. Yes, no, where... it, definitely. Um, for anyone so... who may be listening to this who hasn't seen Blackadder, the two episodes he's in, I think. <laughs> just yeah, if you need, if you haven't experienced Lord Flashheart, like go to YouTube, watch the full episodes if you can find them. But yeah, no, you're right. It's definitely that sort of pa- almost parody caricature esque. But similar to um, Flashheart, the thing with Zap is that he's kind of awful, but I really believe there's someone out there for him. Yes. And he's, like, obsessed with Leela, who's so wrong for him, mm. and, like, it's, he thinks is everything he wants. But I really... I, I, he's abhorrent, but he kind of isn't completely irredeemably disgusting yeah which is weird very childish i think that's part of what it is um i have to while we're here after like fry uh, after the planet express crew come aboard and uh fry attempts to parrot back one of the things he's just had oh yeah you did the thing with the things and the thing and brannigan's just like ah yes the kill bots which is just fantastic but um the moment i would have heard to is like uh, Kif, show them my medal, and like Kif just points to the medal. <laughs> right, I've got a pause to say how much I fucking love Kif Croker, mm. especially early Kif Croker, the most put upon member 
of fucking dupe the fourth lieutenant and i just like nobody in this world could hate zap brannigan more than <laughs> kiff croker but there's um voiced by maurice lamarche or at least um which is just the voice of like brain from pinky in the brain like i've got such mm. a lot of love for maurice lamarche um his voice work but like kiff could put or maurice can put so much gravitas and weight and emotion into a single and it's just as somebody who personally feels one like a bit of a sidekick but two is very fond of being a sarcastic snarky side character you also like a green character i do love me a green character look it's important (laughs) to my brand what can i say (laughs) but like throughout this episode just like the long sufferingness of Kiff is just like am I supposed to like Kiff why aren't you writing this down just like Ugh, and he goes to his little stenograph machine and starts taking notes there's just it's a detail it's a it's a joke that I didn't quite notice until just now thinking about it mm. but um his quarters his room is right underneath but it's so tiny it's so tiny it's like oh um, Kiff Kiff buddy similar to the whole William Shatner thing like there's a certain there's a cer- like a certain joke being made about like Spock and Definitely. the kind of the, the alien second into command but it's like the th- you know the whole Kirk Spock thing was fandom's first ship yeah. it's the it, Star Trek's built on their mm-hmm. friendship yeah and instead of parrying that and going in like the opposite direction of how like mm. Maybe, you know, Leonard Nimoy felt occasionally working yeah. with William Shatner. Um, it's just, it's so funny. And, um, um, yeah. It actually... He completes that right. again, like... Yeah, no, Zap without Kiff is just, you need that balance of energies. Mm. Um, yeah, you mentioned Lord Flash earlier, which has got me thinking about Blackadder, but almost like energy-wise, it is almost like the way Blackadder is in Blackadder the Third to King George. Mm, like, yeah. that kind of vibe. Or, like, towards uh, Melcher in uh, Blackadder Goes Forth. There's sim- that similar sort of somebody smarter being trapped beneath a very dumb superior officer. I think mm. there's a really long tradition of that kind of relationship dynamic and humour that we get from it. Yeah, I mean, there's a bit later when it cuts back to Zap and he's just finishing a sentence saying, and that is why you'll never be Captain Kiff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, the like, also Kiff, the way he behaves when Zap's not around. Yeah, like, we don't, um, I think that gets less later as Kiff develops as a character, but, like, the loathing, like, the fat so says you're free mm. to go and, da, da, da. and like he's the way he is with towards Leela as well it's just like why would he let you go and Kiff's just like mm, indeed <laughs> it's just like he's so snarky and it he's makes salty he, yeah he's a he's a salty alien lad oh but um, I, yeah like you said before about the whole crew feeling that way like when they're all at dinner and like Zav just says something to me just like there's this and then it's just it's a John DiMaggio voice just going you suck <laughs> it's just like the men they love me speaking of um star trek parallels mm. um there's a funny joke sort of reference where brannigan essentially recites the prime directive from star trek brannigan's of, law we're yeah we're never allowed to interfere with a lesser species i call it brannigan's law um 
And Brannigan's love is a lot like Brannigan's law. Hard and oh, fast. Hard and fast. Essentially, Zap is making it very clear that he intends to woo Leela. Yeah. Um, but in, in fact, she only has one brief kind of starstruck moment mm. and very quickly she realises he's a bit of a jerk. Yeah. Oh, speaking about the planned seduction, I've got a, and I have to do the line. I'm, I, I know you could edit in a much nicer, cleaner version of it, but mm-hmm. it's a Kif, have the boy lay out my velour shorts. It's like the boy, sir. <laughs> you, Kif. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, oh, it's just like the boy. Who? You, Kif. Again, because we're your favourite um, killjoys, i got to mention a joke that. Yeah, please do. Not quite sure about when um, he says, We are sure she's a woman this time right oh yeah no i Um, have that written down with an arrow and then again it's Mm -hmm. something i've seen in many a 1999 sitcom yeah um but i guess it's it's just grating when you uh get that kind of stuff in sci-fi shows Mm -hmm. because you're like is that still a thing yeah and i think that's part of why it's frustrating because we have moments like that and then when we have Leela go to see Zap and like Kiff's like he asked you wear this and it's literally a bikini top and a pair of thigh high boots <laughs> and Leela's just like nah and just goes in um, mm. like the fact that they're so good at subverting things to when and I yeah it's like say it's dated humour but it's still like oh you did so well on the one thing why did you have to fuck up on the other Come on. It's in. It's 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 those things where um, it's a su- subtle balance to play because you want Zap to be a sexist jerk. Yeah. Um, but all of his jokes need to be a joke on him. Yes. And so when he when he says we are sure she's a woman, right, or mm. this time or whatever, he's making it's less a joke about him and more a joke about. The fact that people like that exist out there. Yes. Um, so, I don't know. There's there's much worse jokes later on in the series that we've got to get through. Yeah. Let, 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 let's talk about the seduction scene in the Lovenasium. <laughs> um, Zap and his love... floating bed that you can see is plugged into the wall <laughs> until it floats too far and gets the cord yanked out and then it hits the floor. It's so good. It's just those kind of things that I love about the Futurama world. Yeah. That, like, nothing is too futuristic. There's always got to be, like, a battery yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, or a visible extension cable, or... It, um, oh. I love his painting. Yeah, um, the one that's the riff on the JFK portrait. Yeah, and the, just, like, the fact that he views himself like that yeah. is so funny. Um, I mean, I feel like there's a really interesting commentary to be made like throughout the season of how like Zap is this really insightful portrayal of white cis cishet male confidence. Mm. And like, if you believe in yourself, everyone else is going to believe in you because like Zap gets away with so much. But yeah. yeah, there's definitely a really interesting commentary about confidence and like entitlement and stuff like that. I think that's part of why, I don't know, because Zap is both pitiable and a clown. Like, because mm. he is an object of, like, I mean, I know it's a comedy, but 
Zap is all like there's a few moments where he has like his redeeming human moments and gets to have like some emotional pathos, but for the most part, he is like a comedic punching bag, not in the way that Zoidberg is, um, mm. who is very much literally like was it oh, the term the uh, I forgot I've forgotten the name of the trope about something monkey. But, like, Zap is just, like, he's there to be funny. He is there to be, like, an object of, can you believe this fucking guy? Yeah. And, like, he's, like, the best Simpsons side characters where, Mm. um, like, I think about um, Principal Skinner, who is Bart's headmaster, and that could have just been his character. But there's so, like, on top of that, you have the army vet, you have living with his mother, you have... There's... they, They make... They don't. They're not afraid to make a character funny for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, so when you think of a Zap Brannigan line, it could be, you know, his views on women, or his view of Kiff, or his view as a captain, or his yeah. like mercilessness. Like he talks about how he sent wave after wave of his own yeah, because, killbots. Yeah, because killbots have a death count. So <laughs> yeah, like he he's he's childish, but like blood, like warmongering and. Mm. Um, he's so many different things. Yes, 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 um, yes. All of this, and I guess it's—I guess it's interesting. I suppose we should talk about this in a post-Trump world, where mm. I think maybe Zap written nowadays would be more overtly written to be detestable. Yes, um, he's everything that we hate. Yes, but uh, it's more fun, I think, to make him a kind of a car crash yeah <laughs> where you want to keep watching um For sure. you're excited when a scene of his begins mm-hmm. um, like the th- futurama is an incredibly quotable show as evidenced by the amount that we say the lines as we do our recaps and talk about them mm. i feel like zap is one of in a very quotable show zap is an incredibly quotable character like um as soon as i i mentioned to my partner um i asked um do you want to watch this episode with me um as it, it's the first one with zap immediate response i find the most erotic part of a woman is the, the boobies just in <laughs> zap cadence uh zap cadence but um mm. like for the, for the record and i have no shame in saying this i genuinely refer to champagne more often than not champagne Exactly. Because it's just so perfect to line. Mm. It's just, it's so good. It's pronounced champagne. Oh, God, no! Oh, God! <laughs> um, um, actually, that leads me to a point I wanted to, to discuss. Uh, a discussion point. We're so, we're so good at podcasting, yo. I, I say <laughs> as my mic stand starts to collapse underneath me and undermine my argument. Um, the bit where Zap starts to cry and is mm-hmm. genuinely crestfallen. Um, my question was, do we think Zap's being genuine there? Because I don't know whether he's smart enough for that kind of deception. I do believe he's savvy enough to take advantage on someone who's pitying him. Mm. But I don't know whether I think he's smart enough to pretend to be that upset. Because it's so lacking in anything like he's not trying to be pretty with it or anything like that it feels because if he was trying to act it wouldn't 
What? It would be so much more dramatic. He'd yeah. like, go to the window and look out, and mm-hmm. he'd be um, this kind of wounded, yeah, sort of distant. It wouldn't be like a sexy. Figure. It wouldn't be like a crying child. No, I think he's being genuine. I think the the scene we don't see, which I think is because I can't possibly see what, like when I first when I was watching this, I was thinking, so what actually happened, like. Why did Leela go from that to sleeping with him? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make much sense. And I think... I think that maybe is part of, like, why it's this long-going thing is because it's so out of character for Leela. Yeah. Though we, that the, the show kind of acknowledges it is. Though we do know that Leela has this nurturing streak. Like, she mm. does have a need to sort of look after people and sort of help them out. So and we don't we never fully know what they did anyway. No. So the um it's just it's the very fact that something happened. Yeah. Um and uh can I say meanwhile a very funny little scene is happening yeah, with Brian Bender. In, in, in the uh, in the prison cell. <laughs> we can definitely escape Bender. All you have to do is bend the hatch off this steam pipe. Hey, yeah. <laughs> No good, it's full of steam. Um, <laughs> and then they just end up then, having a spit, like having a little sauna. It's great. Yeah. We then head down to the planet. We meet a bunch of animals. What's your favourite of the animals that they capture? I love the idea of the windy shrimp. Me too. That's the one I had highlighted because I thought, oh, I'll ask Hamish what his favourite of the animals. But I love the tiny windy shrimp. It makes me really happy. Yeah. Um... It's a bizarre planet. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean the four-legged mimic is great. <laughs> yes, that's also um, and it, nice. And, and it utterly f- f- fooling Fry when he throws the net over Leela instead. Thoughts on the Hermaph flamingos? Uh, <laughs> I just okay. Move, moving on. The thing is, like from a biological perspective, like I get it. Like it's it's because it's both. So like taxonomically taxonomically I actually think that's kind of probably correct but and I like that as gag but it's just like somebody's just gonna go somebody is gonna make a hermaphrodite joke about it Mm. and that's what a lot of people's sense of humor will go towards rather than going oh that's quite a clever little joke and maybe that was the intent with which it was written but that doesn't stop it being also be a way of being interpreted by a group of people that are so often the source of um a, a transphobia is not the correct word to use in the, in this instance but bigotry thank you thank god one of us is sensible today <laughs> um good wording i i mean all simpsons and futurama does it but it's a pet hate of mine that female characters are defined by eyelashes in like all cartoons yes and i find it really odd like it's one of those everyone's got eyelashes i suppose it's almost like a holdover isn't it from when Minnie mouse was just mickey mouse in a dress with eyelashes it's because because their designs were so like copy paste of each other it's just female signifiers like bows ms pac-man is just got all of them it's just eyelashes lipstick beauty spot bow yeah no one wears bows like <laughs> i know some people wear bows but not to the extent that you see cartoon characters wearing them. right um of course we then meet nibbler 
who I remember distinctly when I watched this episode for the very first time, I, like, didn't like. Oh, right. What, from a design but perspective, or...? I guess. I didn't find it cute or anything, but it's it's weird meeting Nibbler pre... What we like. The Nibbler episodes. Yeah. I just, um, well, the visual design is kind of, I kind of like that he's a bit bug-eyed and weird-looking, and the fact that, mm. I kind of like that he's weird-looking, but Leela's just, like, utterly enamoured right away. Um, he's like a monk- monkey pug. Yeah, that's that's a great description, actually. Um, but I really love Frank Welker's performance. <laughs> like, the vocalisation of Nibbler is, um, it's very similar to Stitch, uh, from, uh, obviously from Lilo and Stitch, which is one of my favourite movies. Um, mm. But yeah, that sort of like it just really makes me happy every time. And knowing what Nibbler's true voice is, as well, like as we later find mm. out, it just—I think it just takes on a, a layer of humor coming in from this, knowing where, knowing what we know about Nibbler later. Yeah, and they say a line. Um, so Nibbler has a voracious appetite and eats all the animals they save Mm -hmm. and excretes balls of dark matter Mm -hmm. um but i do think they they don't forget in later episodes to explain why nibbler was on that planet i think that's addressed oh yeah because i i I made a note does say leela says that its species must have filled the whole planet yeah um which could be true but i don't it doesn't quite line up no. with what we know about the species. So um, we shall see as we go forward. Yeah. And th- the visual of Nibbler eating those creatures significantly bigger than him is very fucking funny. Just like the unhinging was... of the jaw and the great sound design of bones just kind of being crunched. Mm. It's like, it's visceral and really funny. I was funny. thinking about it. I was thinking about it in... Um in what we know about Nibbler and how it could work. And I think about if he's excretes dark matter, then maybe he has some kind of like black hole inside him. That would explain or why he's hungry. So- something that allows him to eat so much. Um, mm. And uh, this doesn't stop Leela finding him adorable. Of course not. Um, She's got eyes. I love Fry's, <laughs> I love Fry's uh, line of, I can't believe we flew half across, halfway across the galaxy and enjoyed a steam just to get lunch for that guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> He mentions the steam. Um, it's good. Uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you haven't got anything else to say, I was just gonna. Well, there's a there's a few more bits to mention. Yeah, no. Uh, about... Let's let's head at it. I've kind of gone through most of my notes now, but yeah. Hit me. Um, there is one. There, there, one last line I like is when Leela asks Zat for help, and he says, "Ask more sexfully." And she says, "Please, Big Z." It's just <laughs> like it's very well. That's it. Feels like it's a nod to uh, "Married with Children." Mm-hmm. It feels very evocative of kind of how she would speak as Peg uh, in "Married with Children." Oh God, that episode is later. I love the episode where they fully go hard on the "Married with Children" thing. Oh, Which one's that? Uh, it's the one where she goes to the planet and meets the guy who's also a cyclops, but it turns out he's actually a shapeshifter uh, and he wants like seven yes. wives for his seven different palaces. That's a good one. It's. Um, um, have you ever watched Married with Children? 
I know it more from the contempt with which Futurama and The Simpsons has for it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to have to find us an episode. Before we watch that episode, I'll find us an episode of that to watch just so you can experience it. Mm. So... Um. There's another, there's another like good choice of mm. when Fry and Bender realize that Leela slept with Zach, uh, Zap, mm. where um, it's not really done through dialogue. It's just like Fry open mouth and Leela just kind of looks down, but she doesn't look too sad. She's just like, Ugh, yeah. It's just a nice, a nice choice. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, overall, what do you think of this episode? I really like this episode. But also at the same time, thinking about it as a whole, I think it's just because I have such a strong affection for this these establishing things that now happen. But I like it for what it says tells us about Leela. I love the introduction of Zap Brannigan. Like story wise, it's very thin, but it doesn't feel mm. like a weak episode for its lack of story. I actually totally forgot this was also the Nebula episode. Yeah. Um, until they said what the mission was, I was like, oh, okay, right, that mm. makes sense. Um, I really like it. Again, I think, like you said, I like what it sets up. Like, I think the relationship that Leela and Zap have is more interesting in later episodes because of this episode. Yes. Um, I think it's it's another thing I really appreciate about Futurama and why we're watching it in order, as opposed to The Simpsons, is... These are lives of people who age and time passes, and mm. what happened with Leela and Zap is like it's funnier that years later he's still going on about it. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, the joke but... the joke is on him. He is the source of the humor. So mm. it's. I mean, there's a kind of meta thing, like thing you can talk about how a male starship captain like Zap can go on sleeping with alien babes like however he likes yeah um but a female starship captain like this kind of follows her around yeah um we'll see how it's dealt with as we go forward sure uh but Um, yeah i think uh i think we've done a, a good job on this episode uh which is cool the uh next episode is fear of a bot planet uh, which is a which is a, I remember enjoying, so I will I I'm I, uh, I'm free to be corrected, but I think that's kind of one of the first episodes in which nothing super strong gets established. Yeah, we're, it's like more, these it's... last few episodes have been so dense with, and this is the first time we see blank, blank, and blank, and like there might be a minor first appearance of someone, but um. I think that is just a, a nice little neat bender story. Yeah. So uh, it'll be fun to sort of one that's totally sort of in its own narrative and isn't building up on mm. the blocks. But that's cool. If um, you have any, uh, our listeners, if you have any strong feelings about Fear of a Bot Planet, uh, we'll do a tweet uh, at Futurama Fancast. That is our Twitter handle. You can right? also, yeah, cool. you can also send in a uh, email to futuramafancast at gmail.com. Um. So yeah, but it'd it'd be fun to hear from you. You can also talk to us directly. Um, I'm I'm at 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 Hamish. Sorry, that's cool. Sorry, I left a weird. I left a weird pause there. I'm at Hamish still, and um, I'm at Rose. We also have another podcast, box not included. If you like what we talk about, but want to see us get 
queer and angry about other media. We do get um, very angry. And, well, I was going to say we get very queer. We just are. <laughs> so, we get very happy as well. Yeah, no, um, there's lots of uh, being happy about things. It's not just criti- criti- criticisms and critiques. It's like, it's the whole thing is it's, it's things we're passionate about. So, And we are passionate about being angry at media sometimes. Yes. Um, so that's box not included. But um, I guess until next time... This is the crew of the Planet Express ship signing off. So long, jerkwads.